I'm Joe. And I'm Reed. And this is Double Shot, the digital journal of two young professionals navigating growth in work and life. All right, on this episode, our main topic of discussion is scarcity and abundance mindset. We take a little bit of a foray into identity role theory again, get a little bit into what makes an athlete as a definition, which is kind of fun. But our main topic is, again, this idea of how, what are the implications of a scarcity mindset and an abundance mindset? So it's a really interesting episode. Lots more discussion to come on this. But as always, we hope you enjoy. I'm thinking like 25, 30 miles next week. Mm-hmm. And then like 10. 10. Yeah. The following. Like really, really, really. Which sharp. is hard. Yeah. That's like three miles a day for a couple days and a couple days off. It may as well be zero. May as well be zero. I mean, you could like walk or something. Yeah. yeah. It's been weird because this week I've had, um, it's been Wadapalooza week, which we can talk about in our little like catch up moment. But yes, I feel you on the not doing shit and it being weird. I just really hope weird. I'm praying that I get to the feeling that I had before I did my uh half that i actually mm. tapered for yeah which is like the uncontrollable amount of energy the yeah. few days beforehand yeah because right now i'm just in like fatigue mode yeah for like two months now you might not do the 20 this weekend the it's annoying do you think two weeks is enough taper yeah if i taper that hard it has to be okay um the like depending on the plan that you follow it'll be either a two or a three week taper after your biggest week yeah um and it's this push and pull of i want to optimize as best i can but also i could go run a marathon tomorrow and do it and be fine and so which do i like i could just take it really easy but if i take it easy for you know if i don't do a long run for like a month that feels wrong that does feel you know so it's like i kind of have to yeah no i feel you on that like, how much does the rest of your life change while you're tapering? Like, do you change nutrition? Do you Not hydrate really. differently? Not yeah, really. I think that's smart. Because uh, if you eat less, then you just mess it up. Because you need to, like, super compensate right now. Yeah, you need to fuel properly. Um, the only trick is the thing that I have to watch in those environments is I'm better at eating healthy properly when I am working out yes and so the days that i take off i eat like trash mm. and so i can't eat like trash for two weeks i need to is that eat, because feel, you feel, feel so well. shitty if you eat like trash and train uh no i think it's just good habits beget more beget good, good habits yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. the like object in motion stays in motion thing is real to me yes it it's sort of it's like the taper matters but man i think i feel like the getting back into it is like really hard mm-hmm. like going from deload to regular week way crossfit typically goes you do like depends on the program but let's say it's four weeks hard deload four weeks hard deload could be three could be six whatever yeah depends and that like get to the end of the deload week and i'm always like do i feel good enough to do that again like am Mm -hmm. i am like gotta get like oh man this is gonna like back to full time and all the hours and all the sessions and all the blocks and i'm always like oh and then i'm good like three days in yeah but like restart sort of sucks. I don't. I'm really bad about doing the deload stuff. Yeah. For me, it's just like constant ramp up for ever three or four months, and then you know, yeah. and the only deload that happens is when I like 
get sick or crash and burn right. or whatever. There's no like intentional. It's, you I only, feel you good only deload when your body makes you deload. Yes, exactly. Yeah, which means you're like on the edge of major injury. Yeah. Which it is, is funny because my left <laughs> knee started bothering me yesterday. Yeah, I'm talking like ACLs. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember well, I well. listened to a podcast that they were like, when people PR everything, we know they're about to hurt themselves. Yeah. And I'm like, really? Very interesting. Mm-hmm. And, um, which it was weird because I had just PR'd like everything. <laughs> so I was like, huh, better be careful for the next month. Yeah. They're like, yeah, it just means that you're like firing at the act, like the end of your limits. And so now you're going to go in and you're going to do something stupid and you're going to tear your labrum or I mean, your I, ACL or something. I'm so worried right now. I'm just like trying <laughs> everything I can to just be sustainable because my right toe, right big toe has been pretty bad for like, yeah, you have something going on in that. And I'm just like babying it along and just like working on it every single day. And it still hurts every single day, yep. but not any worse than the day before. You're it's not any better. It. Yeah. So I'm just like, just get me through this one thing, please. You, or, and then I'll go see my guy and he'll tell me what's wrong and get yeah. the actual PT and whatever. What if he said to you, just theoretically, yeah. just if he said to you, I need you to do three months without running shoes. So you can do whatever you want, uh-huh. but you can't be in normal running shoes. I mean, he because wouldn't. Because they're, in, they're inhibiting your toe. He Just, wouldn't. What if he said he can't run for three months? So ignoring the fact that that would never happen? Just imagine it with me for a second. If he would say, you, can't, you, you need to stop impacting that toe mm-hmm. for 12 weeks. Did I tell you that the gravel bike I really want <laughs> is 20% off? No. I would go buy that tomorrow. And then just... And then just bike. Use it. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. It's killing me. It's killing me. It's just sitting there ready in stock, in my size, 20% off. I'm very happy that right now there's nothing that's like burning a hole in my pocket. Yeah. There's like I'm just like, yeah, okay, whatever. I'm trying Stuff. to be okay with, like, I'm trying to get to the point where I don't want it that badly. Yeah. But I really, but you're fa- failing, really want it. failing a little bit. Yeah, because we're about to go into the winter season. Yeah. And I'm not going to bring out my road bike once it gets nasty at all. Um, and to the point of, like, my body could probably benefit from something other yeah. than running for a while. Yep. That's the answer. But it's still a $2,900 answer. Yeah, it ain't cheap. So. Yeah. It's like, no. It's been nice. We've um, had this roof thing going on, you know, for a while. And I... It's funny how when a thing is in front of you, you can make decisions. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I just really want to have enough in this specific account to pay for it completely out of pocket without worrying about it, whether or not we can get money from State Farm or not. Yep. Just fix it and call it a day. Mm-hmm. And I probably made that decision in like end of August where I was like, all right, let's get there. Safe mode. Just like get there. Yep. And I didn't do, like, didn't do anything drastic. Just like. Spent less on frivolous stuff. I don't. I, I don't even know what I spent less on. Like that's the thing that's wild to me, is I didn't even consciously like say no to things. It just was like it was like I just want that number to be higher, and well, then I would just do things to make the number be higher. <laughs> well, this I think there's some truth to the fact that like, in your situation, you sometimes might like slip into a scarcity mindset because yeah. of a circumstance. Which is actually the topic I want to do today. But at the, the end of the day, like your income is actually good healthy. enough. Yeah. To where, like, the things will happen no matter 
how negative you feel about it or not. Yeah. It's like, you're going to get there. And it will suck. Like, because when we have to do that, it will drain my bank account. Yeah. Which will suck and is frustrating. Mm -hmm. But it's only frustrating for the shit I want to do in like two years. It's frustrating for the like, well, that's Katie's, like a Katie's chunk out of a down payment. Up. Yeah. Katie's uh -huh. lease is up. I could buy the car in cash. Like, yeah. at some point, my truck is going to die. Yeah. I could buy the car in cash. Now I probably can't. Yeah. But like, maybe I could because I just could just look at it and be like, I want that number to be that. And just like do the same thing we did again and just let it happen. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've been consuming some stuff recently. Not like, not intentionally. It has been fed to me around this balance of the short term and long term. Yeah. And that like, what's all this money for? And yeah. even if you don't have a ton of it, like, and I'm still like contributing to my retirement things, right? And all this stuff. And like, sure, any decision I make might slow my purchase of a home mm -hmm. or whatever, right? But also like, what's the point? Yeah. Just enjoy it. Like, there if I make some like irresponsible decisions, which I have in the last couple of years, hello, watches and such. Yeah. Who fucking cares? I mean, who nobody fucking cares? <clears throat> sure, I could probably. I feel much better, by the way. I know I'm like, coughing. but you're like hacking up a lung right now. I'm like dying. <laughs> I think it's literally like something that I ate is like I'm sitting like, in my throat. I'm just gonna be I over feel, here. I feel awesome. And I don't have like this is actually probably the best I've felt in nine days, and I don't have like I don't have any congestion left. Mm -hmm. but I just have like something in my throat that's tickling it. I yeah. feel the need to say that so you're not like. Holy fuck, you're going to get me sick. Yeah, again. No, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, again. <laughs> again. Although I think yours was much lighter than mine. Uh, it was not bad. It was like you were, five you, you days. You were over it. I'm pretty good now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. It took me a fucking week to be like fully good. Part of I that might be like, because I trained really hard through it. Yeah. Probably a bad idea. Yeah. But it was week before Wattapalooza. What am I going to do? Like fucking not train? No. No. Yeah. No. So all that to say. Anyway. <laughs> I'm like, to your point of if you had to take time off yeah. and I would buy this bike, I'm like, like, it would be so irresponsible for me to also get that bike right now. And also, who, like, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Yeah, I mean, as who long cares? as you're in a spot where, like, you, this is where I like the fear setting exercise we've talked about before with, like, Tim Ferriss' stuff. Uh -huh. Where I like being like, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah. You, really, you, you don't really have that many things that would, like, theoretically go wrong and bankrupt you. No. I have one of the no, nice things. Of, I have no debt of <laughs> any type anywhere. Well, yeah, and, like, this is one of the nice things about not owning property. Is like there's always a thing looming for me, which is, well, something could blow up in your house and burn your house down. Mm -hmm. And like you have insurance, but I'm experiencing how good that is yeah. currently. And um, that would be a problem. Well, and also in a house, like for yeah. me, if I like lost all my income, yeah. okay, I pay whatever penalty, a couple grand to break my break lease, your lease and I move home because right. I have no obligation to anybody about anything. Right. Whereas you lose all your income. And they foreclose you can't on just my like, house. <laughs> you can't just be like, peace, little See penalty. Ya. Yeah. The only option is what? Sell your home? Like, no. Watch your credit score go from 800 to 200 overnight. Oh, dude, I have a, I don't, I need to talk to you about credit score stuff. Okay. It's <laughs> devastating. Devastating. Um, but how, how do you feel about scarcity stuff? I've, I just started reading a book called Scarcity Mindset. I mean, dude, that should be my autobiography. <laughs> let's go. It's a really interesting book. You might like it. <clears throat> yeah, let's do that. Okay, cool. Let's, lead me into the topic. All right. Um, I'll lead you. In, also, random last side note. Yeah. I got really lucky. So all the Wadapalooza team workouts came out yesterday. They like, I swear it's like they wrote them for me. Oh, let's fucking this is just the go. Best. And, and that's part of this it, weekend? This is, uh, they're due the 23rd. So I'll do two tonight. One to, 
the there's like one long one that's going to be a mess. I'll do that one tomorrow. Take Sunday off. Finish out Monday, Tuesday. Take Wednesday off. Repeat Thursday, okay. Friday. If I feel like I want to, need to. Um, part of it though is because my two teammates are just so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Like they're so they're so strong. It's just like it's like comical, you know. It's like, but you have them in the other stuff. Exactly. You have them so in the, the like I'm endurance and the like, uh, like what's the fucking term for like the gymnastic Gymna- gymnastic shit? Gymnastic shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is the thing that's interesting. <laughs> one of the, one of the guys is like, well, they're both like low, like almost semifinal athletes, mm-hmm. and you don't get to be that without having really high levels of everything. Yeah. But one of them is particularly good at muscle ups, like, like weirdly good at muscle ups. He also snatches 305. It's it's a very weird. Is he one of those people that can just skip the swing and just throw throw themselves up? A little bit. Because those people are wild. A, a little bit. He he's like, he's just crazy at him. And so we got a workout that's like double unders and pull up. So it's like three different AMRAPs. You each take one. And one's like a ton of double unders and a bunch of just regular pull-ups. You just hold on the bar forever. Yeah. I can do double unders forever. Like I think we, we had a workout one weekend that was supposed to be a team workout, and I did it by myself because I was traveling into 1,200 double-unders in a session, and I had zero soreness on Sunday. That's weird. Mm-hmm. So, like, I have really good bounding mechanics. So, like, just give me all of them. And then there's another part of the workout that's, like, a bunch of bar muscle-ups over and over again. I'm like, all yours. Have fun. I'm not good at those. Take them. Yep. Do your thing. It's so nice. Like, the team thing is so nice. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited because I've been not training, like... I've been in the gym for an hour. Wow. Which is like nothing. Yeah. I normally wow. am at the gym for two and a half hours a day. So it's just been like, I almost feel like I'm like not training at all. I'm just like, and I've had to fight my urge to do like hard things, you know, yeah. like be like, oh, stop it, stop it. Wait, wait, wait. So I'm really excited. to. Like That's like if you told me today. that I could only do like a 5K jog. Yeah. This is very. That's it. You'd be like, this is so. It actually is way more like, it's so boring. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, this isn't even like, this isn't hard enough to be worth it. <laughs> what I want to get to, which is actually the inverse thing, where I'm doing all these runs in the morning now, and I could do some stuff in the evening, and I want to be better about that. Like yesterday, actually deciding to go to the gym yeah. in the afternoon since I did my morning run was like the first time in months that I've done mm. that. I was like, I need to do this more. Yeah. I also need to fuel more because I go in starving, mm. which is not great. You might just have like different timing for fuel. Yeah. Might be part of it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Topic. Yes. <clears throat> um, okay. So we talk a lot about like mental health adjacent things here, mm-hmm. right? And the thing that we've spun around a few times, talked about in different formats is like scarcity and abundance mindset. Yep. And I've just started reading a book on this called Scarcity Mindset. I forget the author. I mean, he's from Vegas. And it's really interesting. He like starts in the casino world and how gambling actually like the reason that people can be compulsive gamblers is because it taps that so much. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that triggers scarcity is the um, idea of like quick and unknown reward. Never heard this before in my life. I just find it fascinating. And the whole like premise is basically you have like an opportunity and out, like opportunity into unknown reward into quick feedback loop like creates this world where you want to keep trying and 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 so like what they do with slot machines now and the way that he goes into this whole story about how slot machines were like not beneficial at all because the win rate was too low and then they basically just 
reprogrammed them to like win but yeah. your win is you bet a dollar and you got 50 cents mm-hmm. but it tells you that you won something and then like you keep playing and keep playing and keep playing and they went from being like completely unforgot like completely forgotten to like 85 percent of a casino's revenue yeah which is so wild to me but he's just so he's talking about this like scarcity loop and i've been trying to think about where that comes up in my brain and the thing i want to talk about though particularly is how do you like balance that with with like also wanting to achieve things okay so one of the i haven't gotten to this part in the book yet but one of the people in the book that he goes and interviews is somebody who left a seven-figure job Mm -hmm. to go do just like something that was more important to them basically without more detail and i was walking in this morning and i was like yeah but wouldn't it be cool to find a seven-figure job (laughs) (laughs) and i was like is that is that me just like feeling scarce about shit or is that healthy why do you want a seven-figure salary i don't even know that i do yes you do well you you don't want it enough to go get it i don't even know where it exists other than like Netflix paying $900,000 to a data scientist. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that sort of thing. But we work with companies whose salespeople take home three to 500K a year. Really? Yeah. Huh. Who? <laughs> <laughs> talk, Very talk, interested. Talk about it after the show. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I mean, like I have friends who do, who are in technology sales who make that much money. Mm hmm. Um, you could go into pharmaceutical sales and make that much money. True, true. That's a thing. Like, if it's purely you want to make the money, like, you could go make the money. See, but that's actually an interesting point, too. Is like, it's not the... I'm actually really curious. Like, why do I want that? Yeah, that's This is the thing I want to talk about. Or like, do you? Or do I? Yeah. Like, how much of the stuff that we want do we actually want? Or are we programmed to think that we want? Well, there's... So, I've always said that I want to live a life of... I want to have abundance so that I can like treat the people around me and not have to think about things and like what are the trade-offs and what decision am I giving up? It's like if I if my brother-in-law is super into watches and he graduates from his PhD program, I would love to just like give the guy a Rolex, right? Mm-hmm. No fucking chance of that happening right now. It, yeah. it won't happen, but to be in a position like or my parents are, have talked about like, oh, yeah, we want to do this one renovation project. And they go on a trip and they come back and it's done. Yeah. Or I, selfishly, like, want this bicycle. And it's not like, oh, man, $2,000. Like, oh, it's going to prevent this long-term thing and it's really going to hurt here. It's like, no, whatever. I want a bicycle because it's my hobby. I do it. Yeah. And tell myself that's why I want abundance. But also, and I think that's valid. But then I have to ask, well, how, what percentage of it is actually uh the scarcity stuff of like i just don't want to have to worry so that's the thing that's interesting is like i think i read and learn about the scarcity stuff because i think that knowing it is going to help me get all the other stuff that i think i want say more reading this book interested in not living inside of a scarcity mindset yeah and i think there's part of my like brain that is motivated to do that because I think that knowing how to turn that off will, in a weird way, create all the abundance that I want. Like, isn't that weird? A little bit. A little bit backwards. Well, I just think more tactically than that. Like, I get that people say, you know, you, you've you changed your mindset and things will start happening for you, right? 
at the same time, I'm like, I can have a general scarcity mindset and an abundance mindset, and my salary is still my fucking salary. Stuff's not yeah. just gonna happen. Like it's not that. No, we've talked about simple. we've talked about this in a different sense. I, I keep forgetting to look up what it's called, but it's the idea where you see more of what you're looking for. Uh huh. And I think that's like the trigger. Yeah. Because I that's actually the thing that's interesting to me is nothing actually like changes. No. But all of a sudden you start seeing things differently. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like when people do gratitude journaling. And you have to think of three things you're grateful for every day. Mm-hmm. You just start thinking about it. Like, I've been doing that for the last six weeks just because I was, like, feeling real, like, yucky. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's objectively nothing for me to feel yucky about. So this is dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, I should not be feeling this way logically, but I do. So, I don't know. I'll try this thing to see if I can solve it. Yeah. And it is interesting how much it makes you think about it all day long. I I also think that mindset has to be paired with action. Yeah. So if you got yourself to shift from scarcity mindset to abundance mindset, but then you don't take action on the things that you're seeing, your circumstances will not change. Right. So I could be like, I have a scarcity mindset around everything and therefore I'm stressed about income and therefore I want more income because I'm worried about it. It's like worry, blah, 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 blah. And... The option, the same options are available to me of like, you can change your job and go make more money or you can supplement your income. And those are like the levers to make more money. Uh-huh. Right? But, and I'm, I think about these things from a place of scarcity. I can think about it from a place of abundance. I'm like, there's so much opportunity in the world right. and everything's great and it's all just out there for me. Right. I still have to take action and go do. But which one, one are you more things. likely to take action inside of? And I think that's the trick, right? Is yeah. Coming from a place of positivity and abundance, I think you are, in theory, more likely to take action. Well, we started to touch on this a second ago where we were just commentating on the near-term, long-term yep. thing. It's like you actually could get to the same spot, but which one's more fun? Mm-hmm. Again, like the same way where it's like, yeah, you, you still have to take action, but is the action enjoyable or does the action suck? It's probably largely based on how you're perceiving it. So let make let's take an example here from let's take an example from work. Since we both know all the context, um, we have a set number of dollars we want to realize from new business next year, and actually breaking it out to um, how many deals yeah. you need in in that much, right? Yeah. And the way that we're going to go about getting them is changing. Yeah. Our, our theory of how we will win is changing, and. I'm going to be doing a different set of activities to make that come to life. We both will. We both will. And uh, I, I can either approach those activities with like a like an excitement and a curiosity about how it will go and and a positive expectation that it will happen. Mm-hmm. Or I can approach those set of activities, same actions, with like a skepticism and a questioning and a, a lack of buy-in. Can I guess? I want your reaction to this. Yeah, sure, actually. sure, sure, sure. I have experienced you in this environment coming from the scarcity place. Yeah. Of skepticism and like, oh, I'm not so sure about that and like doubt. Yeah. Do you feel that? Um, to- Totally have been there. Have totally been there. And I, I've started to try to unpack like, okay, where's that doubt come from? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, Why does that exist? Are you uncertain about your 
own capabilities? You're uncertain about something with the offer. Are you uncertain about other people's other capabilities? people's capabilities? Like what? What is it? Yeah. And I think it's the same question. Yeah, I would ask myself when I'm getting scarce in other areas, because that's what it is. Like you think about it, I'm I'm fearful and doubtful because I'm scarce. I don't believe it. I don't believe there's enough for it to work. Enough of something. Enough of a good offer. Enough talent. Enough opportunity. Enough budget. Enough. 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 And the way that I approach that action, like for me, really triggers on my like attitude. Mm-hmm. So there's a thing in sales called the BAT. So it's a thing from Sandler. It's behavior, attitude, and technique. And you can behave yeah. your way into attitude. Mm-hmm. You can tech, and then your attitude can determine your technique. And it like goes around in this triangle. I am somebody who like must start at A almost all the time. Well, that, a, a ton of the content that we consume, the Hubermans of the world and the rituals and all that, this topic has come up of not as in the same framework of BAT, but just what comes first, your mindset or your actions. Yeah. And you can't actually start from either place. Yeah, you can totally. act into a mindset. <laughs> Which one works better for you? Do you work better with behaviors or with a- attitude? Uh, I my The lever I pull is behavior, mm. not attitude. Now, for me... The behavior does not always drive the attitude. I'll yeah. be disciplined as hell and miserable as hell. You know. Um, Do you find it different in the outcomes between the two? Say more. Um, when you're disciplined, but you're pissed about being disciplined. Mm-hmm. Piss might be the wrong word. When you're disciplined and not enjoying the discipline. Yeah. Do you find the outcome to be different? Mm, I don't know if I have enough data points yeah i i have enough data points i don't know if i've reflected like reflected on, on the data yeah. points because like i know that when i don't take running so seriously and i still do it and i like do a run like today where i'm tired and i end up walking or whatever yeah. there's the like i was disciplined and i still got out there and it went poorly because i'm fatigued and whatever and i could be like that was so like that sucked what the hell i'm so screwed did or like eh, whatever did you walk into the run what was your like what was your attitude and feeling when you started the run? Uh, I was not looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot, a lot of the like groups. The morning runs have been easier because they've been with groups. People, yeah, but a lot of those are like, dissolving a bit. So like, I was on was like five back to back days of morning runs by myself at five thirty in the mm. morning this week. And I was just like, and it's Fuck darker this. out, which starts to matter, sucks. right? Just like, like uh. I'm gonna get back and it's still gonna be pitch black. Yep. So I was just kind of in that place of like, oh, this is just kind of boring. Yeah. Like, I'm just, I don't Do you like get a little this. bit like, I feel bad. I start feeling bad for myself sometimes in those environments. Uh, say more. Uh, we're all just like, it goes from this is boring to like, woe is me. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know that you're somebody like that, but I totally am. Yeah. We're all just start like victim mindsetting myself, which I fucking loathe. Mm-hmm. You know, this like, I hate that. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll get to that spot where it's like, why didn't so-and-so do this or why is this the way it is? And da da da. And I just start like complain, 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 complain. I, as much as anything, just get disappointed. Mm. Like, you know, some of these groups just aren't happening as consistently or whatever. Or some people are like gone on vacation. It's not all negative things. Yeah. yeah. Some of it is. I'm just like, that kind of sucks. I'm not like, screw those people. You're not or like, it, or whatever. it's not like it sucks for me. It's not like individual. No, it's just like, this eh, is kind of like, a, yeah. it's disappointing. It's because I'm selfish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so ran us back in here. Well, I think what's interesting uh, to go back to the the like way you approach it. Yeah, 
Um, I am somebody that for whatever reason, and I, I feel like I just believe this to be fact because it's so much of my experience, but I don't know that it is. That I'm somebody who like my attitude impacts the way that I perform so much. Mm-hmm. Like I almost can't fake it. Mm-hmm. So if I go into a workout and I'm pissed for any reason whatsoever, Done. it's over. Done before it starts. Mm-hmm. Like I have to get my shit together in some capacity to not be annoyed before I hit start or my performance will decrease by at least 10%. Mm-hmm. It might, I might as well be dehydrated. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, that, it's that kind of impact. I think other people are, like, are great at being like angry or like they use it as like an outlet. I just yeah, that feels that. like something different though. Does it? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Because it's interesting. Like I really can't separate how I feel from how I perform. And it's at work too. Like mm-hmm. if I'm just off... Do you I feel just like, don't perform well. Do you feel like you're actually like a worse salesperson if you're off? Like, yes. will you do a worse job of qualifying a care. prospect? Yeah. Okay. Because qualification is all about caring. Uh huh. I must be curious, and I must be. I must care about this individual on the other end of the phone. So let's say, like, you know, some of the best practices of like, it's not about convincing them; it's about helping them uncover the right solution. Yeah. It's about not being invested in the sale and just doing what's right for both parties. Yep. It's about asking good questions and not trying to sell all these things, yep. right? And so, do some of those slip when you're in a worse mental place? Yeah, especially if I'm in like a fearful mental place or a scarce mental place. You like fight for the sale versus what's right for the person. Right. Got it. Right. Got so it. it turns into this thing where. I like, I probably at times like overly index on trying to make it seem like I don't care about the sale, which then makes it feel like I care a lot about the sale, which mm. is really unfortunate. Um, You're like faking the behavior versus actually feeling the, the behavior. behavior. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if I fight for a sale, why? Do I think it's the last ever opportunity we're going to get? That's stupid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or where like you're trying to make it a good fit and it's like, eh, it's just not a good fit. Well, it's also, there's your mindset, the having a frame of scarcity or abundance, and then there's also your circumstances. So the ideal scenario that... The current scenario and ideal scenario is we are in a place of scarcity, but you need to have a mindset of abundance. Uh And so you somehow need to separate your frame from your circumstances. Yeah, the environment... I've been thinking about this a lot for the last 24 hours, too, how much environment dictates your activities and performance. Mm -hmm. So like, it's really hard to... Well, have you heard people mention like, oh, that's a rich person sport? Yep. Like golf. Mm-hmm. It's polo. hard to be... Yeah, polo. Is actually, the first <laughs> one that came to my mind is yeah. like polo. Uh-huh. There are some things at which it is very hard to get great at them if you don't have access to resources. Yep. Then there's sports like soccer where you have incredible amounts of people coming out of poverty who become the best players in the world. Mm-hmm. Thierry Henry, Lano Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, Pele, Maradona. These people, like five of the best players of all time. Zinedine Zidane. Like, they come from nothing because, like, you need a ball, and you're actually benefited by having nothing because there's nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. So you just play soccer all the time. Um, but, you know, there's some things like golf don't work that way. Yeah. So I think a lot about, like, how much the environment indicates what you'll do. And then I think about how do you, like, shield – how do you live in those two worlds, what you just highlighted? Like, there's realities of economic need, and you have to be a good salesperson, mm-hmm. which is, like – actually 
really counterintuitive. Well, I want you to beat this up because everybody that I hear and experience preach about abundance mindset Mm -hmm. has abundance. Yeah. Yeah. All of them. Fucking all of them. Yeah. Professor of this, author of that. Business owner of this. Business owner of this. They're like, you just got to have the right mindset. You just got to think of abundance. Money's a renewable resource. Yeah. Like, and my reaction to that is like, fuck you. But I know that, like, the assumption is, well, they, if they're preaching this, they must have had the abundance mindset when they did not have all the resources. But you don't hear anybody talking about it until they have the resources. Do you think that's because they don't have it, or do you think it's going to be able to listen until you have it? Well, yeah, if somebody who is not successful is like, you just got to think abundantly, yeah, nobody's going to... Well, that's what's really interesting, right? It's one of the things that I disagree with a lot is the idea that um, somebody's outcomes indicate their their abilities. Mm-hmm. There are some things, athletics aside, that simply happen because you got in the right place at the right time, yeah. and you might have been doing nothing special inside of that space. Mm-hmm. Um, and the inverse, you might be awesome and in the wrong place at the wrong time, and there's not shit you can do about that. Yep. So there is something about like like the we only listen to people when they're at the top. We don't listen to them while they're at the bottom mm-hmm. because why would we be interested in people at the bottom? Is our question. Yeah. But that's actually more interesting. So it's <sighs> it's really interesting. But no, I, I yeah, beat that up. Um, well, this is one of the things true. I appreciate about Mark on our business podcast was that he was like, look, I recognize that I'm really blessed and have had a lot of success and I'm now at a place where I don't have to hold the future so tightly. Mm-hmm. He's like, I get that. So it's easier for me to say it than other people, mm-hmm. which is like the self-awareness of that man is top. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I'm trying to think of people I know who aren't in a place of like true, true. scarcity, yeah. but just like, where we are average whatever for our life circumstances yeah who think very abundantly i'm uh-huh. sure there are i'm sure there are people in close proximity that that operate that way i don't know yeah i'm trying to think of somebody too i don't know it's a really good question i also don't know if we go like that deep with a lot of people to like the core of their yeah, like are they are they mindset. actually are they actually in fear or are they actually not? Yeah. Um, I also am like really curious about which one is the trigger. Like, where does it start? We're sort of having like the sides of the table where like you're like you have to do the things to get to get to feel that way, and I'm sort of like you kind of have to feel that way to do the things. Mm-hmm. You're like my my starting point is get your brain right, get your mindset right. I think Honestly, your starting point is like act. I think I don't. I reserve the right to take this back. Yeah, but I actually yeah, think yeah. they're entirely separate. Oh, really? You have like the same thing of people want to achieve certain things and then I'll be happy. It's like, well, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. You got to mm-hmm. fix the happiness stuff, mm-hmm. and you need like, and that way you'll either be sad now, and then get rich and be sad then, or you'll yeah. be happy now and get rich and be happy then. Right. Either way, you need to like do the things that are required to be happy. Right. Separate from that is the discipline to make the money to get to the point of success. Say like flip it around. You can be super disciplined, make a bunch of money, and then you're miserable. Or you can be super disciplined, make a bunch of money, and then you're happy. 
right? And it, this plays into more than the circumstance of like money and happiness. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you like those things are happening separately. And so you have to be good at both of them. You have to be good at the discipline, regardless of what your mindset is. And you have to be good at the mindset, regardless of what your discipline is. Otherwise, you'll be miserable and productive. Oh, see, that's... Or, okay, there it is. There's the difference. I don't think I can be miserable and productive. I lack the capability of both. Do you actually, though? Yeah. Like, you do actually no, no, no. discipline I can, slip. I can, I can be... No, no, no. See, I can be disciplined... And I can be busy. Okay. I don't know that I can be disciplined and productive. That feels very work specific. So let's do like, let's yeah. go to fitness. Okay. okay. You won't just go to the gym and do curls for two hours when you're in a bad mindset. No, but let You'll me. You'll still do CrossFit workouts. Yeah, but let me take you back to uh, the like the last 12 months. Okay. I wish I had a graph somewhere that would show progress mm-hmm. physically in the last 12 months. I know Strava has this for cardio. I should have, I should see if the app can do it. Um, about to sneeze. Maybe. Nope. Oh, it's the worst. Oh, no. Oh, it's the worst. No. Um, anyway, I mentioned to you that like last November, December time period, I was like, what are you doing this for? Mm-hmm. Like every time you go to the gym, you're kind of like fighting yourself to go to the gym. And you're not really enjoying it. And you signed up for this competition that you don't really want to go to, even though you qualified for it. What are you doing this for? Do you even like doing it? And I had this moment of like, you know what? I need to figure that out. I need to figure out if I actually enjoy this or not. And if I do, then I'll keep doing it. If I don't, nobody is making me do this. This is my own choice. I will stop. And essentially from the time that I just like, this is fun until now, which is... About 10 months, 10 to 11 months. My rate of progress has been nuts. And for the five years prior, I didn't progress in anything at all. Nothing got better. No strength improvement. Literally, dude, I'm not kidding you. From the time I was like 22 until I was about 29. So let's say CrossFit, really hard CrossFit training started 24. So let's say 24 to 29. My improvement was almost none. It was like really steady. Just like a percent here, a percent there, one movement over here, nothing really special. And then I was like, this is fun. I'm going to, this is fun. I, I am into this. And then it's been like just straight up, just exponential curve of development. And so my point of I can be busy and not productive inside of my discipline I think it's true for me. I don't know that it's true for everybody, but the way that I perform is largely dictated by how I walk into the the experience, even if I do the same thing, which now we'll bring it back to a, a work environment. Let's just say that I had a cold call list as an example. And let's say that every day I needed to call 75 people. It's not a huge number. It's not a tiny number. It's just a number. So I need to make 75 dials a day. <clears throat> Well, if I walk into that going, this is stupid, this sucks, I don't like this, this is not worth my time, I don't believe in this, why am I doing this? And the like, I will do the same actions and my output will be different. Then if I'm like, this is great, I'm here to help people, we're going to find some business today, it's going to be good for everybody. 
I'm excited about it. See what I learned. Like just sort of like the exact inverse of that. Yeah. I perform differently. You won't actually do the same things though. Well, that's that's actually my point. You'll 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 think you're doing the same things because mm-hmm. you're still doing the thing. I'm doing a back squat. I'm doing a dial, but something about it is different. Yeah, I need to maybe do some experiment for myself there because, like, if I think about my running, right? Uh-huh. There have been long periods of time where I did not enjoy it that much, but my quality of activity was the same there would be a speed day when i had the energy i would take a rest day when i need to take a rest day i'd take it easy i'd have variety i'd do my long run all the things and i would do those things when i'm enjoying it and when i'm not enjoying it and on some level i feel like the progress was the same interesting i, I mean and this is again like it might just be me and people like who are like me but but flip side of that is the progress has been the same and it's been very slow. And there are people who decide to run having never done it again. Mm -hmm. And then in a year are doing races at five something pace. Yeah. And yet I'm pretty fucking consistent and disciplined. Yep. And I'm still around a 650 half marathon, the same as I was two years ago. And only a little bit faster than I was seven years ago. Uh And there have been periods where I've enjoyed it and periods where I've not. And there's been discipline always. Mm -hmm. And so there has to be some other unlock there that would be the astronomical improvement thing. Yep. But I don't know what it is. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's sort of what I'm saying. I think, I think where like my, where the mindset piece comes from for me. Like and I'm like, for right now, I'm running for fun. I'm not running out of, like, obligation. Yeah. I don't think. <laughs> Maybe I, I didn't am. Think, I didn't think prior to asking myself, are you enjoying this? Uh-huh. That I was doing CrossFit out of obligation, but I think it had something to do with, like, in- identity. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, I owned a gym. I'm a CrossFitter. So I, I compete in something, but I won't call myself an athlete. Like, I was all sort of, like, twisted and Do you see up. athlete as role or identity? Um... Probably identity. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, it felt better once I just accepted that. I think there would be an interesting discussion around can things cross over from one to the other? Mm. And when is the appropriate time for that to happen? And when is the inappropriate yeah. time for that to happen? Because you could say like being a runner is a role. Mm-hmm. But being a runner is like pretty core to who I am. Yeah. At this point. Yep. Right. And so, which is it? Mm-hmm. Is it wrong that I think about it that it's such a part of my life that I it's identity at this point? I don't know. Yeah. So that could be an interesting discussion. I think it's um. So like to runner athlete being equal. Yeah. Um. I think for me the reason that I went identity on the athlete piece of it is like. I have come to accept that there will always need to be something athletic that's part of my existence. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that, like, if you were to ask me, is CrossFitter or athlete, or is CrossFitter a, a role, role or, or identity? I'd probably say a role. Because, like, in order to be an athlete, to me, in order to be an athlete, you must compete in the thing you are doing in some capacity. Your competition could be inter- 
like co-ed pickup games. It could be judging yourself. Like, but there should be like athletes compete. That's you what, think so? In my, my definition of it, I don't think it's like universally true. Like, let's say that these beasts that are on your team, yeah, yeah, never competed. Yeah, they're not athletes. Like to me, like my definition of it, like to be an athlete, you must compete. Okay. So there's a difference between being like an active person and being an athlete. Okay. And Fair. so for me, what I've come to, like I said this at at SummerSlam, I was like playing cornhole, losing, and like having a great time being competitive as hell about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like that. So and, it's not a and fit for, person. So you're saying no. that your like, your identity requires that you compete. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be necessarily like, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is there was a long period of time immediately after school, like where I lost soccer, where I refused to let myself be competitive. Where I would be like, I don't want to be that guy who's like still really competitive because I think that's for whatever reason, like it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to be that person. And so I like hit it. I wouldn't, I would act like I didn't care about losing things, but I really, I fucking hate losing things. It's just like part of what I am. Like it's just how I am. And I've been a bad loser forever, forever. And I've always lost because I had a brother who was six years older than me. So I lost in everything always. You would think that I would learn how I'm terrible at losing. I hate it. And so for a really long time, I just like hid the competition side of me and it was just fake. Like everything was just inauthentic and fake. And I said to Tiffany the other day, we were sitting down at lunch and I was like talking about something related to competition. I was like, yeah, I've just come to accept that like I'm ultra competitive and I'm not going to hide that. And so for me, like the athlete identity piece is like, yeah, I will always have a thing that I am competing in because it makes me feel alive. It's part of who I am. And so I might be like competing with other people trying to qualify for Wadapalooza this week or, and in a decade, I might be competing with myself to be like, can you deadlift 500 pounds for the first time in your life? I don't know. But there has to be something that's like, you can win or lose here or it's just vanilla and bland and boring and I don't care about it. Okay. So like just doing it for the sake of doing it is never fun to me. People are like, don't you just want to have fun? and be like, You're not, you don't understand. This is fun. It is fun to win and to lose. I hate losing, but I can only have the fun of winning if it matters enough to me that I want to win. You would rather, you would more enjoy losing than just doing without stakes. Yes. Doing without stakes is just not part of my who I am. <laughs> so what if the people that you're interacting with on the other side aren't competing? Like, let's say you're playing a game of cornhole, no, you have but to the be- other people are just fucking around. You have to be in a competition mode. Yeah. So, like, when I play cornhole with, like, people for shits and giggles, it's, like, fine. It's fun. Whatever. It doesn't really get my juices going. You want them to be serious. I want it to be, like, a tournament with yeah. a winner. Or, like, everybody to care enough that you care who wins. Yeah. Like, so, it's, like, the... If the other people don't want to win, then it's not really that fun for yeah. me. Yeah. Uh-huh. It doesn't matter. <laughs> there must it. be a thing. So, to answer your question of, like, to me, athletes are people who compete. Yeah. Athlete, for me, is identity because I'm somebody who is really driven by competition it's one of the reasons that i can do my professional role well high competition drive is typically one of those like personality indicators of strong salespeople Mm -hmm. because they want to win and that drives them to do activities where i disagree with the premise of that and the way that we treat that idea is that we drive behavior without thinking about what's the way they're going to show up in the behavior so getting back to that mindset piece 
when salespeople historically and at a lot of companies are comped really lowly on their base and then told, eat what you kill, I think you drive poor behavior because they show up chasing sales. Yeah. So I think that's a problem, right? So it's like stuff like that. Like, and that's where I think that like the way that your attitude walks into the room really matters. I had somebody say to me, who was I talking to about this? Oh man. Now I, why can't I remember? I just talked to him. Oh, I remember guy who runs new biz for a large insurance company. And he was like, I don't think people like you and I and our sales teams can function in a variable comp environment in like a strong variable comp environment. He was like, if you don't sell a widget where the thing does a thing and you move it, that is the worst thing you can do for a salesperson ever because they will show up horribly in the room with just tons of need for the sale. And, and all the things he's describing is scarcity. I better get this option because I, I, I can't pay my mortgage tomorrow if I don't close this deal and get my, my 15% commission on it. That starts to usurp the person sitting in front of you and it drives really poor behavior all from mindset. Mm-hmm. So like this is the interesting piece, right? And like you're somebody who prop, like, and this is the thing, it, this is just true for me. I don't know if it's true for everybody, but it's very true for me that like if I walk into the environment with poor mindset, my discipline sucks, in some capacity, I don't even subconsciously, I'm sabotaging something. Whereas like, it sounds like you're somebody who can like, just sort of be like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it really fucking well, even if I don't want to. Not without flaw at all. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So for me, it's like, it starts at fixing the mindset piece, which is why I read books like this. Cause I yeah. want to live in that way. And nobody's ever really like given me a good, like definition of what it means to live in that way? Abundance? Yeah. I think it's just not worrying. Yeah, what the fuck does that mean? Everybody's going to worry. Right? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe maybe that's... Your the, your roof is stressing you out and it's going to be tens of thousands of dollars or whatever, right? It's like... I made a cognizant choice about six weeks ago to stop caring about it. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> whatever. It was stressing me out so hard and then I was like, I'm done caring about this. Moving on. It's a roof. It is what it is. It'll be fine. Yeah. I don't know. We didn't get to an answer there, but we got to stop. We're not supposed to get answers. That would imply that we know something. (laughs) Yeah, we don't.